You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here with Ken and Jeff with Matt over the airways. How's everyone doing? How you doing? Great. Excellent. Doing fantastic. Did you celebrate uh, President's Day yesterday with a big party? No. No? Well, that's all right. Mine went out with a bang. I know. Jeff, you, you bought a mattress because they're always on sale on President's Day. That's the best time. Nobody knows that. That's the secret key. It is the secret key of all mattress purchases. Yeah. Make sure it's online. What do you do with yeah. your old mattress? I mean, on President's Day. You stack the and, uh, new really ones, quick, huh? Really quick, I just want to throw it over to the man uh, who puts the extra stickers on DVD cases under the shrink wrap. Matt, how did you celebrate President's Day? Um, I had a, uh, a John Wilkes booth themed party uh, oh, wow i just i wanted to do something a little different so <laughs> really mixed it up. you had the uh, you had the six semper tyrannus rex party we had dinosaurs and john wilkes booth i like to have it all that really just wants to break a leg yeah well yeah exactly um well uh before we uh ironic <laughs> before we get to our special guest host we have a very exciting announcement that we've been uh cooking in the crock pot for for many months, we've been super excited about... Uh, Ken, did you want to lead it in, or would you like me to lead it in? No, you go ahead. Uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. All right, well, uh, all the thunder we want to give to uh, this person. So uh, we wanted to add someone on as a semi-regular host and player and, and partner of the game and another member of Triviality, and uh, we didn't want to look any further than one of our favorite podcast sisters of all time, Julia from Misinformation. How are you, Julia? Oh, my gosh, I'm so great. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. I'm just so, so happy to be here. We're so excited to have you, and uh, for everyone listening at home, Julia's going to be on uh, basically every month, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on, on the month, but uh, she's going to be here uh, with us and uh, interchanging with, with all of us. If uh, we're not on an episode, she'll be on, et cetera, but we're so excited to have her uh, a part of the group because we've known her for, I think, what, seven years now since oh we first gosh, right? dropped the wild? podcast. Yeah, it's crazy, um, but uh, if anyone doesn't know who you are, Julia, why don't you fill them in? Hi, everyone. I'm Julia Novakovic. I am 50% of the Misinformation Trivia Podcast. Um, right now, we are on hiatus because we have many children, and it turns out that having many children, um, I don't know, you don't have a lot of spare time <laughs> to, to do your hobbies and other things that you like. So right now, we're on hiatus, but that doesn't mean that we're gone forever. Um, so anyway, I've just you know been part of the trivia world for close to a decade now and just having so much fun meeting people and, and learning and um, playing games with guys like you. So happy to be here. 
Awesome. Well, we're, we're so excited to have you here. Uh, and uh, as we said, we've known you for so long and, and it's just the perfect fit uh, for us. And we hope everyone at home uh, enjoys Julia behind all these episodes. And today you're going to you're going to play. You're going to be partnering with Matt. And what is your team name going to be today? Well, I mean, in honor of President's Day, we're just going to go ahead and be the dead presidents. Um, yeah, right. it's a it's a it's a solid name. It's very solid. Uh, and Ken, uh, we I think we're going to be the dead podcaster society. Sounds good. And uh, for a podcaster, you always like to say cardoid DM uh-huh. yeah, for the microphone. I'm just going to spell it out because it's not a great joke, but I'm going to make it worse by beating the dead horse. So, uh, But uh, we need a host uh, for today's game. And we're so excited. Uh, we got to meet him at our Triviality Live event, which was episode 350. So it was really cool to meet him. And he only lives just a few minutes away from the studio. So it made sense to have him in the studio. And we've given him a new nickname, Hacksaw. Well, I don't know if we should call you Hacksaw. Maybe something different because Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, well, we'll call you anyway. Hacksaw Matt Dugan. How are you? Hey, great, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. And also, thank you for being a, a Patreon supporter as well. Oh, of course. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're up to. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, yeah, Matt Dugan. I'm a engineering director at just a small software company. Um, I think funny compared to this, Matt. My name's also Matt. I also grew up in the western suburbs of Chicago, lived in L.A. for a little while, since moved back. Um, so we share that. Oh, but, see uh, you in uh, D.C. Yeah, in a few years. <laughs> so I was going to say, I, don't, I think I'm here for good now, so uh, we'll split ways there. Well, you wrote today's game. Thank you for doing yeah. that. Uh, anything we should expect, or is it going to be a pretty straightforward triviality game? It'll be pretty straightforward, except for... Um, there is a slight theme uh, in the first round, so I'll probably start by reading round one, question 10, and then we'll get into it. Okay. Sounds good. Well, uh, any preference on the rules, Reed? Um, classic Darren. Okay. Let's uh, let's go to Darren, and Darren is going to do it in the voice of Julia to celebrate Julia uh, as our new member here. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. What do you think, Julie? How did he sound? You know what? It's real spot on. I think so too. It, it got the, mm. the 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 hint of Pittsburgh that's in your accent that you try to hide. <laughs> I know. I worked so hard. I mean, I, not to denigrate my fellow Yenzers that also listen to the podcast, but I I have worked on getting rid of my accent. Um, and it's you know it's tough. It's a, I know that's okay. Well, rain in Spain. I'm going to drink mainly a... on the plain. <laughs> Now, is it like Philadelphia where you have water or is that something Ooh, different? No, no. That's like that's like Philly, Baltimore to me mm-hmm. okay. is, is water. Okay. But yeah, Pittsburghers, uh, we say we lose a lot of O's and say like we say downtown. Downtown. <laughs> okay. But you do Yen's have going the downtown? toilets in the basement. I remember her. Yeah, heard there's about Pittsburgh that. toilets. We don't yeah. have to talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a nice place. That should our team well, named the Pittsburgh toilets. <laughs> Well, uh, that's their minor league hockey team. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> on the on the note of Pittsburgh toilets, let's uh, let's throw it to Matt. Sure. All right, guys. So yeah, as I mentioned, there's a little bit of a theme. Uh, so I'll start off by reading round one, question ten, just so you can keep it in the back of your mind. You don't have to answer it right away. You'll answer it when we get to question ten. But round one, question ten will be the correct answers for questions one through nine can all be found as entries in what series? So keep that in your mind as we go through one through nine. Okay. Cool. 
So let's start with round one, question one. What current Fortune 500 company was originally incorporated under the name Cadabra in the United States Pacific Northwest in the 20th century? A few months later, the founder would change it to its current name, something he felt was more exotic in his words. Yeah, uh, I, I like what Ken wrote down, so we're going to lock in. Uh, I feel like I used to know this. Yeah, I know this one. It's Do we, do we say it now? Yeah, we could say it. <laughs> Let him know. Uh, it's Amazon. Oh, uh, okay. So I did know it. Great. Uh, yeah, we also said Amazon. Perfect. Yep. Correct answer is Amazon. And uh, now that he's satisfied with the name, Bezos is actually changing out his spouse to be more exotic. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Just going to put this Fact out there. That. Mackenzie Scott Bezos is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> I like how her, uh, her like uh, Forbes listing has her as author because, you know, that's definitely how she made it. That's right. She gives away real money, though, so good on you. Cool. All right. Uh, question two. What popular 90s song features the cast of Mystery Men in its official music video and also featured prominently in many other movies, such as Digimon the movie, Inspector Gadget, and, of course, Shrek? Yep. We are locked in here. Everyone's favorite, Digimon the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, I wasn't I bet sure. You Matt had seen that in theaters no less than two times. <laughs> True or false? Uh, Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. They're fighting evil, man. I believe that's how it works. Yeah, uh, this is 100, 100 million percent all-star, right? Yeah. Yeah, I often forget its ties to mystery men. That's right. I, so do I with Will Macy. Bill that's Macy. Bill Macy, yeah, please. Yeah, I want to make sure it's, because uh, we know him personally. It's got to be Bill yeah. Macy. <laughs> so while you're shooting uh, Shameless in Chicago. That's right. He had we, a shovel with him. very familiar with him. Um, anyways, Bill's uh, Bill's movie, uh, Mystery Men, featured All-Star. Yep. Nice job. Um, full points all around. Cool. Let's go to question three. Uh, while the exact sales is a bit rocky, fluctuating from year to year, the relative ranking of Girl Scout cookies by number of sales stays pretty consistent. In line with the ranking on Wikipedia, 50 million of the first place cookie was sold. 40 million of the second cookie, and all others below 30 million. What is that second place Girl Scout cookie by sales? I wonder if Dwayne has a tattoo of these. I already know question 10's answer to. Wow. So we can lock in. I wish I was playing. This is a great game we're off to. Okay. I had a box I mean, of these last week. Yeah. I, I mean, Speaking that's the serving size, right? One box. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> So they're, I, they're, I know uh, historically their most popular have been Thin Mint and Tagalongs. And yeah. to me, Tagalong would fit with this, with the um, the nice clue that Matt dropped into this question for us. Yeah, the head of the table. Uh, I believe he's a Tagalong. Uh, yeah. yeah, sounds good. <laughs> well, we, we could have gone that way, uh, Ken, but I think um, I think this one is actually surprisingly a high seller, at least from, I always thought it was going to be yeah, Tagalong or um, Thin Mint, but we went Samoa's. Wouldn't, wouldn't Thin Mint be that makes more sense. sense? Thin Mint would be one, I think. Then Samoa, maybe then Tagalong. See, in my in my uh, existence, peanut butter was always number two, but I guess that's pretty unpopular, right? The peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Maybe Which maybe because yeah, maybe because of allergies now too. Maybe that's why Samoa's. I don't know. S'mores was the uh, secret the surprise kids today, of the last they can't few years. Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, the answer is Samoa, um, and I did find out too that I guess that name is regional. Some people call it Caramel Delight. 
but yes. I've never seen that. Oh, it is. Reasonable. It depends on which bakery does it. So wow. here in Western New York, where I am right now, half of the state has the good bakery and the other half has the stinky bakery. And so mm. depending on which county you're in, you might get tagalongs and you might get, you know, peanut butter delights or you might get Samoas and caramel delights or whatever it is. Is there is there like uh, a lot of uh, cookie smuggling, like there East is. Berlin, West there Berlin is. type mood? <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're like, I can get you Little Brownie Bakery if you sign up with, yeah. with my kid like my supplier this, yeah legit smuggling, it happens smuggling the cookies across the line <laughs> this is great i forgot that julia is just a wealth of information so now i can pretty much retire so this is great i don't even need and to. her information isn't going to be, it's gonna be better yeah. yeah it's going to be more accurate too <laughs> <laughs> she and knows about it. dictators but she doesn't use it at every possible moment <laughs> And yeah, so uh, as Jeff, I know he's not playing, but he did mention he knows the theme. So keep in mind, you if you do, if you can figure out the theme, you can use that to help you kind of figure out the other answers. So let's go into number four. Um, what is the only movie to feature both Chadwick Boseman and Harrison Ford? And by the way, Deep Thought might call this a great question. Oh, uh, we can lock in. Um, I don't know anything. Right off the the top there with Mr. Bozeman and Harrison Ford. Um, Deep thought. What's that? I don't know. I was hoping you knew something. (laughs) What is something I've never experienced? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hmm. yeah, Chadwick Bozeman, Harrison Ford. Well, we're it's so like Bozeman pretty active from like what oh eight to. 2020 so you're only looking at like a 12-year period so now we're looking at harrison ford movies in that era i don't think that he was he held the crystal skull um so i don't think it's that movie (laughs) no um and harrison ford was not in wakanda yeah wakanda forever (laughs) i guess i guess i don't know well he's in the um, mcu now what was like the disco thing like the get down or what was the james brown movie was Mm -hmm. that it uh I don't know. He was in that down. movie? I don't know. Well, was that movie Chad where he Bozeman was already was. working around the clock? I forget. I don't know any Harrison oh, Ford boy. movies. Oh, we stink at this. Yeah. Um, I'm not a movie person. Yeah. Uh, Con Air 2. More cons. <laughs> More cons. Uh, yep. I, the movie we were looking for was Get On Up uh, about James Ow! Brown. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, right. But it's not right. Yeah, we went with the film where he uh, tells Chadwick Boseman, "You're gonna play in the MLB." Uh, that was that was oh, kind of like yeah. a president. But anyway, we said 42. Jackie so, Robinson. So was uh, was Harrison Ford a not racist white guy? Or he was not racist. racist. Yeah, he was the actual progressive one. Yeah, he was the head of the the league. Yeah. That's right. Cool. Stole my flavor text. Oh, sorry. No, it's perfect. <laughs> um, that's that's the ideal scenario. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, question five. While New York City boasts several touristy observation decks, the highest altitude deck in Lower Manhattan has the name Blank Blank Observatory, a reference to its host building's name. The answer here is also repeated 10 times during the outro of Black Eyed Peas' Where is the Love, as in, we only got blank blank. Okay, we are locked in. Because uh, I'm you such a I big this... Black Eyed Peas fan. <laughs> I was going to say, I know this <laughs> from the Black Eyed Peas. Uh, I believe it's uh, we only have one world, one oh, world, yeah. which I believe yeah. is uh, a building. So one world. Black Eyed Peas might be my least favorite music act of all time. <laughs> wow, 
And you remember that Imagine Dragons is a band, right? Uh, yeah, I do. Mm. It's close. Um, most music is by Imagine Dragons. Yeah, yeah most, most songs are Imagine Dragons. Just assume it's Imagine Dragons until you're notified otherwise. It's funny you say especially, that, because... Especially if it sounds like it should be played during sports highlights. Um, yeah, we said One World as well, though. Yep, full points. It is One World. We're only going to have One World or None. Gentlemen. It's funny you say that because when you edit all the time, you always go boom, boom, pow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my uh, Emerald Lagasse yeah. catchphrase. I mean, right. it's better than him singing about his lovely lady lumps. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Jeff, how many lumps did we take with our scores here? What's it looking um, like? So, so far, not many lumps being taken so far. You guys are off to a storming start over here at Dead Podcaster Society. Five for five. And uh, not too far behind, Dead President's sitting with 30, so... Certainly anyone's game, as Neil likes to say. Yeah. After five questions. <laughs> After five questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sky's the limit. Cool, or 400 guys. points, something like that. All right, second half of round one. In this question, I'm going to list a fact about four different years, and each of those years will all have the same last two digits, so like 2024 and 1924. Your job is to determine those last two digits that fit all four clues. So in 17 blank blank, Thomas Jefferson was born. In 18 blank blank, Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart was published. December 31st, so New Year's Eve 19 blank blank, was the second consecutive New Year's Eve in which the Times Square ball was not dropped, but rather a moment of silence was had. And 20 blank blank might feature Triviality Podcast episodes <laughs> 1339 to 1390. Oh, God. I don't think so. I want to be real with all of you. I said Mike. I said Mike. All right. I think I have an idea um, for at least one of these. Uh, so we're locked in. All right, Matt. I'm working off the, the 1900s one. Mm -hmm. And I, I am positive this is World War II. World War II. And so that was making me think 1941, 1942. But previously on question number four, the answer was 42. So I'm wondering if it's 42 and then 43 is that second year. So I was thinking closer to 44, 45. Okay. Um, and that was based off of triviality because that's roughly... <laughs> <laughs> Roughly a thousand, sure. epi a thousand episodes from now, 52, oh you're, you're looking at 20 years from now. So you're looking okay. at 44 or 45. Okay. Um, but in World War II, we got out of it in 45, right? Yeah. So I would think we wouldn't have the moment of silence then. Well, I think we probably would have had it when we entered and probably for when we exited. So it'd be two years in a row. Um, what about 45? Sure. Okay, we're going to try 45. All right, we think the moment of silence was probably right after uh, Pearl Harbor, mere like 23 days or so after Pearl Harbor. So we're saying 41. Wow, split your difference, guys. Wow, yeah, very good, Jeff. It is, in fact, halfway in between. It is 43. Mm. And Jeff, did wow. you know from doing the math, or did you do it? How did you come at it? Thomas Jefferson's uh, birth year. Okay, so... Who just he knows know that? that. <laughs> so yeah, you, Matt, Matt, I think your math was right, except you, you know, 50 versus 52 made the difference different. in this case. So what was the specific moment of silence just for the war in general? Yeah, just in general. So Jefferson was only 33 during the birth of our nation? They were all young guys, yeah. Yeah. Oh. He was, was over in France, oh. remember? What did he miss? Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
famously wondering what he He still he would have been 33, but just in mm. France. Cool. From Plus their historic, different historical accurate. He's good at freestyling, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got ourselves a uh, 80s rock anthem question. So, Separate Ways by Journey has a parenthetical two-word phrase in its title, which is featured in the lyric, Here we stand, blank, blank, hearts broken in two, two, two. And for an added hint, the phrase is an anagram of tap warlords. Just want to put this out there. Uh, two things. One, uh, just listened to this the other day on an episode of The O.C., uh, which I'm rewatching. And then <laughs> the other one is Ken once defiantly told me this wasn't a Journey song. Did I? Yeah. About 12 years ago. You're like, that's not a Journey song. Uh, I love this Did music I say video. It doesn't sound like would... Journey. Yeah, you were like, "This does not. This is not Journey." This. Oh, it was. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. It was like. It was like a couple months ago. I was like, "This is not the definitive." Like when I think Journey, this is not the sound I think of. Right. I actually think it was closer to like a year or two ago. But yeah. And then we got into like, it. what's the definitive Toto sound? Right. Right. Is it hold the line or is it Africa? Oh, to Africa. Me, it's hold the line. <laughs> to me, oh, it's wow. closer to Africa. Yeah, I, I think I think what of what song uh, are we Rosanna. talking about in this question again? I think, I think of Rosanna, <laughs> Journey, and that's like in, right in the middle. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Separate ways. Yeah, let me. Uh, I think I know it. Let me just think for a second. I love this music video with the keyboard on the cement and by the garage or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. It's make also a great subtitle, like a parenthetical for a, a movie as well. I believe it's also a title of a ECW pay per view. We're we're locked wrong. in. <laughs> It might uh, be. <laughs> was it, or maybe a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I think this is Worlds Apart. Yeah, that's what it is. So if this is the song I'm thinking of, Jeff, I don't think this conversation ever happened. No, it definitely <laughs> happened. <laughs> it sounds exactly like a Journey song. Um, yeah, we said uh, Worlds Apart. Very good. It is Worlds Apart, and I'm glad Neil brought up the music video. I was going to recommend to everyone, if you have not seen the music video, it's uh, it's worth a watch. Oh, it's great. What a great keyboard intro, too. <laughs> the song it rocks pretty hard. It appears out of thin air if you can, in the music it's video. It's funny because they're a huge mega, mega world you know, rock band or whatever, and their music video looks like it was shot by like high schoolers, <laughs> like at a warehouse or something. It is at like a <laughs> warehouse, like a dockyard or something. Cool. Um, question eight. In which geographical region, which is larger than all of India, would you find the sub-regions called the Never Never, the Top End, and the Red Center? All right, Ken. So my feeble mind here uh, first goes to like the Arctic or North Pole, South Pole, just because they sound, I don't know, maybe it's a trick, Red Center, maybe it's ice or something, but what were you thinking? I don't hate it. Um, one thing that just popped into my mind was, what if it's not on Earth? Oh, and okay. It's like the Sea of Tranquility or something like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I also thought of the Gobi Desert for some reason. So, what do you want to go with? Um, well, Matt has been uh, sneaky in a good way, so I like the Sea of Tranquility. Okay, let's go for it. Okay, we we stayed more terrestrial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. And uh, yet, we... in a weird place that is could be could yeah. be very um, out of this world sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we went with Australia. Cool. Um, your answer, just to be very clear, your answer is Australia. Um, maybe you don't want to pick a region. Okay, that maybe you might we want a, a, a blooming onion we had at the <laughs> outback. 
Okay. Outback, they're saying. Uh, we We're, can decide if you guys want to give points. Were it you is... trying to give them, like, Great Barrier Reef or something? No, it is oh. Outback. Oh, really? Give them points. Yeah, give them points. Yeah. Oh, and I know the thing now. Yeah. For all our Australian friends, good on you, Matt. Good, good on, on you. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> I learned something when I was researching this. So the Aussies, apparently, when they refer to the Outback, you say it's beyond the black stump. That's, like, their expression for, you know, the middle of nowhere. Beyond the black stump. Which I just think is a hilarious phrase. Yeah, and uh, Matt likes to call the uh, the bad Fallout Boy songs "Beyond Patrick Stump" because he couldn't handle them vocally. <laughs> oh, I do like to call it that. You're right. That's something. <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> very, very Matt, right there. <laughs> when Matt and I ran a 10k to see Fall Boy performance, what you were saying, drinking beer. That's Soldier the Field. only reason I ran 10k. I said only Fallout Boys at the end. And they were. <laughs> So with with the answer outback, Matt says he solved question ten. No way. Is it? And I'm mad at myself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say it because I don't think uh, I don't think Ken and Neil have it. No. Cool. Let's go into number nine, which could could give it to you. So for reference, the line of forty degrees north latitude runs through Springfield, Illinois, Turkey's capital Ankara, and the middle of North Korea. Which country that's not necessarily in that list? Claims the highest population living north of that latitude line. I heard longitude and I just <laughs> zonked out, hoping Jeff would answer. Um, you might have a better idea of Ken. Um, Not even playing today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Com- completely north. Last I checked. So yeah, basically, if you only look at humans who live north of that line, which country has the, the highest most amount of humans them? living north? Um, it's an interesting question. Um. Is China above that? Because if yeah, yes, China then... is China fully above that line? I guess it was the. Oh, it has to be fully. It doesn't. The country doesn't have to oh. be the fully. The country can it's be just split, that... but the population that lives above the line is mm. the highest. Gotcha. Then, then yeah, China would make sense. Okay, sure. We're gonna go China. Uh, we are also going China. Cool. And based on the options that uh, Matt identified, I'm pretty confident they do know question 10. But yes, uh, it is China. China. (laughs) (laughs) We have to deal with them. Yeah, it's basically Beijing, uh, almost single-handedly Beijing metro area essentially takes it up there. So the question again was what series has these entries in it, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, we're going to say Survivor. Mm-hmm. Oh, seasons. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, uh, I should have gotten it faster from World Apart and Amazon, but then once I, once he clarified with Outback, I was a hundred percent sure. One of my favorite shows, uh, Survivor. Very good. Yeah, points all around for question ten. It is Survivor, and props to Jeff for getting it after. Uh, like I had it at All Star. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I like it's, I like that the numbers so are disparate. just. Everything after 40 is just Survivor. Season 42, 43. <laughs> yeah, that's 44. right. <laughs> cool. Very good. All right. So our final scores uh, going uh, into the swing round. Dead Presidents uh, picked up a little bit of ground there. Four out of the last five, right? Uh, for a total of 70. And the Dead Podcaster Society uh, have a score of 80. So it's anybody's game. Anybody's game. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think the writing's on the wall on this one. But before we get to the swing round, Neil, why don't you tell everyone why they should be supporting us on Patreon? Well, uh, just like Matt over here, Matt Dugan, who is uh, supporting us on Patreon, he's going to be getting four bonuses every month. So that's a, a bonus every week, uh, which three of those are going to be trivia-based uh, from one of us hosting those. And the last one's going to be our Ask Me Anything style crop drop. 
But on top of that, if you want to hear all of our new episodes ad-free, uh, you can uh, just pay as little as a dollar a month to get those. But the $5 a month and higher are going to get all the extra audio content of over 60, 70 hours worth of audio content. And uh, for everyone who's on Spotify, actually, I just wanted to announce uh, we figured out a way to get our Patreon feed on Spotify. So Ooh. if you're a Spotify user now, you have it all, all on there. You don't have to worry uh, about switching apps. Yeah. yeah. You can listen to All Star and then one of our episodes. <laughs> That's right. So if you'd like to uh, to join everyone supporting the show and help us continue to grow, just go to patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. All right. What do we have for the swing round today? Perfect. So swing round, we will be uh, continuing the sort of survivor theme. The Survivor is known for hosting its game in exotic corners of the earth. Each season's name, which is heavily used in commercials and marketing, is often a reference to the location. Uh, sometimes uh, the names are just the countries themselves, like China, Gabon, or Palau, but sometimes the season will use a regional name. For this swing round, I'm going to list regional names, and your job is to match them with the country the season was filmed in. I will provide both the list of countries and regions with a short description of the region. And uh, technically, there can be some regions that contain multiple countries, such as Africa is one of the regions. Uh, but your answer choices will only have one country that fits the match. So you shouldn't have to do any weird um, guessing. There will only be one valid answer. Okay. Cool. So I'll start by reading the countries that you can choose from. In alphabetical order, those countries are Brazil, Cambodia, French Polynesia, Kenya, Malaysia, Nicaragua, Palau, Panama, Philippines, and another Philippines. There's two Philippines. Cool. And then I'll go ahead and read those regions along with a short description of the region. So again, these regions are kind of the title of the Survivor series. So Survivor Borneo. Borneo is an island which blank shares with Indonesia and Brunei. Survivor Marquesas. Marquesas is a group of volcanic islands within blank country. Survivor Pearl Islands. The Pearl Islands are a group of 200 islands off the Pacific coast of blank. Survivor Tocantins. Tocantins is a state within central blank. Micronesia. Micronesia is a subregion of Oceania, Oceania, home to many countries and territories, including blank. Karamoan. Karamoan is a peninsular region of blank on the same island as the world's sixth most populous metro area. Next one is Cagayan. Cagayan is the northernmost region of blank country's island called Luzon. San Juan del Sur. San Juan del Sur is a coastal fishing village on the southwest coast of blank. Coorong. Koorong is an island in the Gulf of Thailand, just 5 or 10 miles from Blank's mainland. And then Africa. Africa is the continent whose seventh most populated country is Blank. All right. And uh, for listener purposes, uh, we will associate the question number with the countries. Uh, with that, we'll be right back after we deliberate. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with what we think are the answers, hopefully. We hope are the answers. <laughs> yes. And uh, let's uh, toss it back to Matt and get the, uh, the countries one more time. Perfect. Yep. So first country was Brazil. Uh, for that one, we said the token teens or toka teens. We also said token token teens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's token teens. My that favorite is... spicy chip. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. That is correct. Next one is Cambodia. Uh, for this one, we said cow wrong. We also said cow wrong. Perfect. You guys are nailing the... Yes. I'm sure I said cow wrong wrong, but... Uh... <laughs> said it wrong. Uh, yeah. Great. Two for two so far. Uh, next, French Polynesia. Probably a little trickier. Uh, we said the Pearl Islands. We went with Marquesas. Points to one team. French Polynesia is the Marquesas. If, if you get one wrong, the the rest of the house of cards starts uh, crumbling. Right. If you get one, you at least get two. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, hope I'm going to go ahead and hope it's not this next one, which is Kenya. Uh, wild guess here for Africa. I bless the rains down in <laughs> Africa. Yep. yep, 100% Africa. Okay, moving on to the next one, Malaysia. That one we said Borneo. We also said Borneo. That's right. Uh, home of infamous nude survivor. Um, yes. Next country is... Dick Hatch. <laughs> That's right. Dick Hatch. <laughs> Very good. That was a question at the uh, the 350. That's right. All right. Uh, Nicaragua. Uh, for that one, we said Cagayan. We went uh, San Juan del Sur. The uh, dead presidents are doing very well. That is San Juan del Sur. Because one of us has watched a lot of Survivor, and the other one likes geography quizzes. <laughs> yeah. You'll and never guess one... which one is which. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that the Survivor particularly helps, because they kind of don't really say this. But anyway. Um, okay, next is Palau. When... Uh, for that one, we said Micronesia. They also said ni- Micronesia. It is Micronesia. Perfect. Mm. Okay, that brings us to Panama. Unfortunately, we said San Juan for that one. We went Pearl Islands. Very good. There was a hint here. It says off the Pacific coast of blank, implying that it has also a different coast, oh. not the Pacific coast. Because Panama, of course, has both. So, yes, Panama is Pearl Islands. 
Great, and now we have our two Philippines round. So in this case, you'll give me two uh, two regions. Um, well, we had Marquesas, which is not correct, and uh, Caramon, which is um, statistically correct. <laughs> Has to be correct. That's kind. Yes, we have Caramon and uh, Cayagan. Perfect. That is correct. So I think you guys swept it. That mm-hmm. is correct. Wow. Very good. I was worried it would be a bit tricky, but I think it played uh, It played well. All right. After that swing round, swings have been swung. I don't know how this is supposed to work, but that being said, the dead presidents got all of them correct for 50 points, bringing their total up to 120 and uh, that's just going to pass you guys up over here at Dead Podcaster Society with 110. Perfect. That's what happens when we allow Julia into the fold. Yeah, right? <laughs> she starts kicking our ass. There's a lot of losing. Rusty. Can <laughs> I, I tell like you? That taste of concrete, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. So in round two, each, uh, each question will kind of have a category that's based off something survivor host Jeff Probst uh, says repeatedly. So question one, the most probably the most famous survivor quote, the tribe has spoken. When writing this question about indigenous languages, I expected to see countries like South Africa and Zimbabwe near the top of the list of countries with the most officially recognized languages. They are in fact numbers three and two with 12 and 16 languages, but in first place by a very wide margin is this country named for a military and political leader with 37 officially recognized languages, the most common being a version of Spanish, and all this diversity doesn't get in the way of the capital keeping the peace. Something's tickling me for Philippines. Plus the last two answers were Philippines, so let's keep the good times rolling. Let's (laughs) go for it. it I have a feeling you guys are going to start to lose on points with this one, but what about uh, over at the dead president? brutal. Good. I knew we were going to South America on this one, um, and the capital um, La Paz is in Bolivia. And yep. for Simon Bolivar, that's right. That was the clue. Uh, Bolivia's capital is La Paz, and it it is actually crazy. So twenty five percent of Bolivians uh, don't even speak Spanish. Forty three percent of Bolivians speak one of those indigenous languages. Very interesting. Wow. And it's where we get the candy that comes out of the little machine with the head that pops open. La Paz dispenser? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's their biggest export. <laughs> I don't know why the UN didn't think of that. <laughs> That's right. They used to all just be in the shape of Bolivia. They expanded <laughs> licensing. Cool. Um, all right. So the next survivor quote. In this game, fire represents your life which is a bit of a spooky quote. On social media, though, the fire emoji can mean various things. Which app shows a fire emoji to indicate that two users have a streak of exchanging messages for three-plus consecutive days? Oh, wow. Oh, you know what? Okay, I have no idea. Got to be Duolingo. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not there anymore. Okay. I don't know. We're locked in. As a happily married woman, yeah. I'm answering this question. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, is it Tinder? So Tinder has the fire emoji when you match. Oh, okay. Uh, I think. Tinder's just all fire all the time. <laughs> Matt, Matt yeah. says he thinks. It's but supposed I think he knows. to be. Yeah. It literally is supposed to be yeah. the spark that starts the fire of ah, your passion. Okay, right? okay, yeah. okay. It might be. It might Hinge be Snapchat. Hinge is the H that keeps getting murdered on the commercials. Um, <laughs> because Snapchat the app to be deleted. your interactions. And I think that oh. it's like you get points if you interact and then you become best friends or whatever. The, more, that, the more you bully someone, the more fire emojis you get. Yeah. 
that's what that's what I meant. I think it might okay. be Snapchat. Okay, and, great. And then if it's Tinder, I'll feel bad. But I think it's Snapchat. Yep, I made a snap decision for uh, Snapchat. Very good. It is in fact Snapchat, and I did learn that apparently you can pay ninety nine cents if you miss a day and you want to get your fire emoji back. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because you know that matters. I love microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest idea to come out of yeah, 21st century capitalism. That is this, I'm going to have to, I'm, look, I'm going to say this. And Can I get I'm a gonna, fire skin for my, like, Memoji? It's going to be a little extra work for me because I'm going to have to edit a bleep in, but that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Julia, you're big on Snapchat, I'm assuming, right? You know me, guys. I am <laughs> snapping away <laughs> left and right. <laughs> For 99 Sending cents, you can upgrade snaps. it. Snippity we'll snap, snip. Snapping and chatting. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, our next uh, Jeff Probstism is I'll go tally the votes. So every four years on presidential election night in the U.S., news outlets will have charts and graphs with the tagline, the race to blank, referring to the number of electoral votes needed to guarantee a victory. What is this number, which, by the way, your geometry teacher might tell you represents three quarters of a pie? I'll tell you one thing. It's enough to change Steve Kornacki's pants to a different color. I'm just trying to think of visually if that's the right number on the screen. I'm just trying to picture the screens. You say three quarters of a pie? Yeah, he said three quarters of a pie. I think my number is close to that. All right, we're locked in. Both of us, clearly, big. Not locked We in. watch a lot of election <laughs> coverage yeah. all the time in our spare time. Um so I did some math on my on my piece of paper here. Mm -hmm. uh, Five thirty eight divided by two is two sixty nine. Mm -hmm. So I Raised think two seventy is the number. Yeah, I, I think that that is that sounds correct. And I <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> I wasn't a I was hunkered in L A. I think at the time. So I don't I don't recall the last election. We didn't get TV there. Uh, so two seventy sounds fine. Well, um, I find that if you put things in terms of amount of pie, it, it tends to help me answer questions. And uh, we said 270 as well. Yeah, if you multiply that by 0.75, you get 360, Ken. So yeah. mm. that's how you know. Wait, if you multiply 270 by 0.75, is that what you said? Yeah. That's incorrect. That checks out. No, it checks out. If no. you multiply by a, a, a number less than one, it gets bigger. Divide, I think. D divide, anyway. I meant divide, yeah. Sorry. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for the vindic vindication, Matt. Um, <laughs> we, we all knew what we all meant, I think, and it is 270. <laughs> and yes, it is. The way the way you could arrive at it, you could get it from three quarters of 360 or, much as Julia said, 538 divided by two plus another for a tiebreaker. Cue the song Vindicated. Vindicated. Siri, play Vindicated. <laughs> no, I imagine you listen dragons. to it too much. Actually, the, the Siri play Vindicated is a good way to get around the fact that we can't play copywritten music. <laughs> yeah. So we should just start doing that. Siri, play Vindicated. <laughs> hey, Siri, play Vindicated. She doesn't want to. She's no. Vindicated by Dashboard Confession. <laughs> like, you are about to violate copyright law. <laughs> I know what you're doing in there. I can't allow you to I know do what that. you're doing, Neil. <laughs> All right, very good. So question four, uh, come on in. While Survivor host Jeff Probst uses the phrase come on in to kick off a challenge, the game show The Price is Right features the phrase come on down. How many years did TV legend Bob Barker, rest in peace, host mm. The Price is Right? And for this, I will accept answers within plus or minus 10%. Okay, so... I'm pretty sure that Drew Carey takes over in either 2000 and like 
six or seven because he was definitely there through when I was in high school because I missed about 10 days a year and it was always Bob Barker. Um, And I think, when do you think it started? 70? Somewhere around there? Yeah, I'm trying to picture like all the clip shows and like people's outfits and stuff like that. How much hair he had? Yeah, I would say the 70s is when it started. So like roughly like 72, 73, something like that? Sure, I love it. Okay, that puts us at 35 years? If we go to 2007 or 2008? Sure. Yeah. Okay. 35 years. Now, is great. See, you're letting me do the math. That's a mistake. But we're going to lock in 35. So my initial thought was 50. Yeah. Even, and you said way more. You said 65. Yeah. That's way, I think and that's we're, my We're meeting one. at 54. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's probably way too much, though. We do have a uh, ding, ding, ding on The Price is Right. We have a perfect guess. Uh, it is 35. Yeah. Wow. And Very I would have nice. accepted 32 to 38, so sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, just look this up for you, Neil. The Price is Right, the American television game show, has been on for 52 seasons. Mm. So. The Price is Wrong, Neil. Oh, so I'm thinking of how long <laughs> Price is <laughs> More than 9,000 episodes. And uh, Matt was also right about the 2007, right after uh, high school. Yeah. For um, Drew Carey taking That's over. over 10,000 pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Matt wasn't sick for like a, a two-week span, and uh, he went back to Prices Right, and Drew Carey was there. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay. Uh, our next Jeff Probst-ism is Drop Your Buffs. Which is what Jeff says to indicate that the players should remove their tribal colors as the game is about to reassign players to tribes. Speaking of changing teams, there are two Olympic athletes with summer Olympic medals from multiple countries, one of whom was Daniel Brendan Carroll, a rugby player. Which two countries did Daniel take home gold for in the early 1900s? A news ticker might use these same set of three letters rearranged to abbreviate these two countries. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Um, so, I mean, rugby is like, like mm-hmm. the the Aussies are really big at that. So, a yeah. a US and then oh, USA. Then USA. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to get to like New Zealand, and I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't help with anything. But you're yeah. you're probably right. USA and Australia. Yeah, we'll do that. That's what we said as well. Correct. Yep. USA, AUS. Or did you mean Austria? Definitely not. The Austrians known <laughs> no. for their rugby. That's right. Yep. Uh, good. Good detective work, guys. Daniel, Brendan, Carroll, USA, and AUS. Score update. Yeah. So after uh, the first five questions of round two, uh, scores uh, just keep going up, up, up for both sides. Um, we've got thirty points being added to the dead podcast society, bringing their total to one forty, but not missing a question on a real tear since the swing round. The Dead Presidents with 170 points. Awesome. Let's go right into question six. You have got to dig. The most common type of cave in the world is called a solutional cave, as opposed to like a glacier cave or a sea cave. These solutional caves are most often found to occur in which type of rock? And 10 bonus points if you can explain in plain English how solutional caves are initially formed. We're going to... We pick, you know, there's three types of rock, and uh, we went with sedimentary. Prague, metal, power. Can you guys do a little bit more specific than sedimentary? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not going to take a a stab at the explanation? That's the video clip I want to (laughs) see. 
I'll uh, we'll wait and hear the other answers, Sand, and then I'll decide. Sandstone. Okay, we are saying volcanic uh, rock. I believe me and Jeff were in a volcanic cave, correct? Uh, we were in a properly in known as a lava tube. Yes, a lava chute or whatever. Tube. Anyway, so the lava flows over uh, water or glacial ice and creates a little little cave action. Little nook. Cool. Dead presidents. Did you guys want to try to explain how they're formed? Well, we're thinking of how um, we were thinking sedimentary rock is like the least um, strong one and that can get eroded away by water. So we were thinking like that rivers or or streams could Mm. make these types of caves. Sometimes a cave is formed when (laughs) Barry Keegan gets a little too excited on a grave. (laughs) Guys, this is, you have a lady present. (laughs) Good. Okay. I'm going to have to do... uh, so the answer I was looking for is limestone, which is a type of sedimentary rock. We can probably give points for that. No but... way. <laughs> uh, no nope. points for the bonus. So these solutional caves, these are the most common. I think the lava caves do exist, but most caves in the world by volume, by count, by any metric, they're this solutional. And basically what happens is water, just rainwater, mixed with carbon dioxide creates carbonic acid and it actually dissolves the rock so not even erodes it it literally just dissolves i scored that one as no points for either team no we no we didn't get points for that just for the record fair fair man very good all right let's uh let's go on to the next one want to know what you're playing for we are all familiar with the common gold, silver, bronze for first, second, third place finishers of various competitions. But if you're feeling soft and want to create a fourth place award, you might choose which metal alloy used by many organizations, including the U.S. Figure Skating Champions, for a fourth place and used by Nintendo as a Pokemon City namesake. You got it from Pokemon? 100%. <laughs> this isn't like titanium, aluminum. I have no idea. What would figure skaters use? I was thinking brass is a brass alloy. Yeah. Um, Pokemon brass, or no? It's a it's a place in Pokemon. Yeah. It's a place. So in there's Pokemon. like Emerald City. And oh, okay. Sapphire. There might be a brass. Cerulean, vermilion. Yeah. Other tertiary so we, colors. We need an alloy though. Fairly malleable, I believe. I've I've hit my uh, my head on some brass before. I wasn't very soft. Yeah. <laughs> Compared um, to your head? I mean, that's <laughs> believable. Yeah, Let's go with brass. Brass? Okay. Okay. Um, so we just were talking about rock. This is the home to the rock gym. Brock, I believe it's Pewter City. Pewter. <laughs> Very oh. good. I was going to quiz you to see if you knew what took place in Pewter City. And, of course and you I do. Know. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I will point out brass uh, is an alloy, and it is a softer uh, is alloy, soft. relatively speaking. So you guys are on the right track. I didn't even think about pewter. All those little statues you get at like uh, gift shops are always pewter, like the pewter Abraham Lincoln head or something in Peoria. I got one at the 1904 World's Fair. I used to have a little You were wizard. at the 1904 World's <laughs> Fair? <laughs> no, but I actually, I do actually have pewter um, things from the 1904 World's Fair. So it was a uh, family heirloom that Don't I somehow- Don't drink out of it oh, or awesome. you'll get uh, lead poisoning. I wasn't looking to. It's just <laughs> sitting on a shelf, Ken. Okay, and our, our next three kind of Jeff Probst-isms are from uh, the each season's uh, season premiere tagline, where he'll say, 39 days, 19 people, one survivor. So here's 39 days. 39 days might refer to the length of time that survivors are in their remote location, but how long is Tom Hanks's character in his uh, away from home in the film Castaway? Multiple choice here. 50 hours, 
50 days, 50 weeks, 50 months, or 50 years? That's within the realm of possibility. What I love about this question is that any of these are totally, well, some, most of these are totally plausible. They're all plausible if you haven't seen the movie. Right. Two of them are plausible if you've seen the movie and don't quite don't remember. remember. Right. Right. But I still like that aspect of it. Yeah, I don't know. I've never months. seen this movie. I haven't either, Wilson. But <laughs> 50 months I know is what, how many years? 10, 20, 30, 40, like four or five? Four. And volleyballs and only have a year and a half lifespan. So that really That's right. Kinda... What's the deflation rate on a volleyball? That's <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady. Oh, oh. just a... <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I mean, he loses his mind pretty good there, so could have been longer. Yeah, but he didn't have an All iPhone. Right. I lose my mind in about 12 <laughs> minutes without one of those now. All right, we'll go with uh, option number two, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Sorry. I Which one? I was thinking it was um, like about four years, so mm-hmm. 50 months makes sense to me. Yeah, I think 50 weeks is not enough time for yeah. him to really... Go crazy. Go crazy yeah. like that, yeah. Because he came back and like his, his wife would, like was like... You know, shocked to see him. That was like a moved years on, later type right? Thing. Like, yeah. yeah, yes. You would hope yeah, that so she could last if it was just like eight yeah. months. She's like, I have a new family. Like, fifty <laughs> hours later, she's like, forget it. And kind of Neil, you said what? You said uh, fifty weeks. Yeah, no, I, I forgot about the wife. You're right. I was yeah. just thinking about how she excited. Like really move on. So listen to this. So she, com- uh, he comes back, and there's a two year old daughter. Meaning the wife actually recovered fairly quickly. Which and is up. <laughs> which is up considering it's 50 weeks. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's 50 months. Yeah, exactly. I mean. So 50 months is the correct it's answer. It's 50 we months. We are wrong again. So like a year and a half. A she was like, half. I'm ready to get. I'm ready to get, yeah. get it on with someone else. So that's reasonable. I mean, not only get it on, but, you know, really settle down. Oh, let's be real. It was 50 hours after he went missing. <laughs> yeah. He tried to start a new We're He tried to start a new family, but Wilson just couldn't do it. So, unfortunately, <laughs> that's so. That's right. Wilson right. is barren. <laughs> that's how the state there, inflated. There's, not, there's nothing in there but air. <laughs> yeah. Nary a Y chromosome. Uh, okay. So, next one. 19 people. 19 people have won the EGOT, Emmy and Grammy and Oscar and Tony, and as of very recently. One person actually has a double EGOT status, meaning they've gotten two of each award. Either name this person who has the double EGOT or list two of their winning works if you don't know their name. We can lock in. When, when the newest one happened, who I can't even name the newest, right now. The newest one was Elton John, but he he was not a double right away. Right. Obviously. But I know um, I looked up EGOT facts. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I you got to remember them. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So um, I don't know. And I'm sorry. If if we don't know their name, it's what are we what are we naming? Yep, Two of their if works. If you don't know um, their name. Which could be a hint that the name isn't super knowable, uh, uh-huh. but list two of their winning works. Although I would I'm sure knows the name. An Emmy and a Grammy. <laughs> 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 the smell, it smells like you're tapping on this one. Yeah, we don't. We don't. I don't think. Yeah, we, we don't know. If we, we don't know. We don't have an idea who it is. I, We're not. I'll, I'll make just up. say Rita Moreno. It's a good yeah. guess. Uh, yeah. So uh, famously of uh, Book of Mormon, Avenue Q, Frozen fame, we said Robert Lopez. That's right. Those are the works and the name. It is Robert Lopez. Or known to uh, people like us who are his friends, Bob Lopez. Bob Lopez. And the other notable uh, contribution that he didn't list is Coco. Oh, Coco. That's right. Yep. He always told me to call him Bobby. But... Bobby L. 
Perfect. And to close out round two, 39 days, 19 people, one survivor. Name literally any song by Survivor other than Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Locked in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we can lock in. That's um, the one I was thinking. It's the, it's the one from, I believe it's Hearts on Fire. I think that's Survivor. It's from Rocky Four. Oh, great. Yeah, Hearts on Fire. I forgot there was more than one. I think Hearts on Fire is a, is a different band. Be. It might yeah, be you're thinking one. of, because um, Rocky Four is such a great soundtrack. There's no you're easy thinking way of, out. Uh, no easy way out. Yeah, I think it's no easy way out. Um, That's what I'm thinking. We said vehicle. I'm your vehicle, baby. We know so much Survivor. <laughs> Take you anywhere you want to go, Neil. So I, I could double check to see if they covered vehicle. I know they're not the originally art, original artists. Rides, right? Yeah. Rides March. Wait, were March. you looking for Survivor? Yeah. Survivor. Oh, Sam Lee Singer. Okay, wait. My bad. Too late? Too late. It's too late. I was thinking of That's Jim fine. Peter. That's fine. You don't have to look it up. Okay, cool. And then what did what did you guys say? Dead Presidents? No, I think we said no easy way. Oh, well, we said hearts on fire. Okay, yeah. it is burning heart is maybe what you're. On what the you're burning of. heart. Yeah. 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 So also flavor text here. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, Survivor is Chicagoland band and their first gig at Lions Township High School in Lagrange. Yes. Yeah, we went to school, the same school as them. Yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, Jim Peterick. He's uh, always around here, yeah. hanging out. Yeah, he's a local local celeb. Nice guy, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, that's round two. So at the end of regulation, here are your scores. I don't know why I'm taking my time with this. Just to make us wait? Yeah, just to, just to draw it out and build the suspense. So Jeff's going to take 50 months to tell us our scores. <laughs> yeah, and I'll also have a, a two-year-old two letter. Year old. <laughs> so <laughs> going into the final round, you have 150 points for the Dead Podcaster Society. and um, Just enough to lose them all in the final round. <laughs> right. Perfect. It was a pretty tough round. I mean, you guys only added 10, but only adding 20. Uh, dead presidents uh, bringing their score to 190. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it now. No matter what categories this man says, we're going all in. Yeah, we, we should go all, all right, in. Going for the donut. I mm-hmm. am going to record that right now. Okay. What are they? They cat- are calling their shot before the. Categories. No one has ever done this <laughs> in the history of triviality. Stuff by the way, Ken doesn't know. All right, Matt. Oh, uh, before we get to the final round and hear the categories, um, what have you liked so much about being a patron? Like with all the bonus content. Like, what's your favorite? Is it the crop drop or the the trivia bonuses? I think I like the bonus episodes um, the most. In fact, also just started enjoying the new feed on Spotify. I was listening to it on my way here. And Jeff just referenced the uh, World's Fair of 1904, so I now know that was in St. Louis because I literally just listened to that one. Oh, sweet. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, it worked for you. And it's, we saw that you brought in a, a large uh, Dunkin' uh, coffee. And for the price of a large Dunkin' coffee, you also can get all of our new episodes ad-free or four bonuses a month on Patreon. So come help support the show at patreon.com slash triviality podcast and we're super excited to say we got some new xlr cables because of all of our patrons and some other new new toys that we're going to be working on uh going forward this year so thank you to all of you for helping support the show to join all of our patrons you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast because neil says new toys when it's just trying to make our podcast a better product (laughs) 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 don't 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 sell ourselves we're all in our late 30s there's only so much (laughs) yeah yeah, everything Neil is. Neil expressly told me I couldn't expense Legos, so I don't know where these toys are. I really wouldn't call additional storage a toy either. <laughs> Not very fun. That hard drive, man. It's a real fun to pass back and forth. We have to entertain ourselves somehow. But entertain yourselves at patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. Perfect. Uh, Matt, what are the uh, final categories for today? 
that Final... we've already wagered on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Final round categories are going to be read as if we are part of an ad bumper for Survivor. So they are Outwit, Outlast, Outplay, CBS, Wednesday. And with that, all the wagers are locked in. Uh, everybody's going all in. So let's see if we can topple their uh, supremacy in this game. Sounds good. Okay, so for Outwit, originally called The Imitation Game by its creator, what is the name of the test performed to evaluate a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior equivalent to or indistinguishable from that of a human? Matt cannot pass this. For Outplay, sports question, which big four American sports team has the most titles in its respective league? Very straightforward. In Outlast. So Outlast is essentially the name of the game for characters in what is referred to as the most popular short story ever written in English, which was published in 1924. The story is a tale of a big game hunter who rigs his island with traps to lure passing ships, take their survivors captive, and then give them a three-hour head start to escape his hunt. If they outlast the, three hunt, the hunt for three days, they are set free. What is the title of this short story? And for CBS, CBS just debuted uh, the first woman host of a previously established male-hosted late-night brand. This alliteratively named comedian is also the current, uh, the only current woman hosting late night. Who is she? And Wednesday. Yo, yo, I'm not talking about Hump Day, but the 2023 Netflix Adams Family series uh, titled Wednesday. Jenna Ortega actually took lessons for what instrument so that she could pass during scenes where Wednesday plays the instrument, most notably a cover of Paint It Black and Vivaldi's Winter. Okay, we'll take a quick break, uh, write down our answers, and we'll be right back to see who will be today's cream of the crop. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults. It doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. 
And we are back with our answers. Uh, I think we we knew a lot of these, right, Neil? Yeah, feel, feel pretty good. I feel like you guys know a lot of them, too, though. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Everybody went all in. So it's going to come down to who answered correctly. Perfect. So question one, Outwit. What was the name of that imitation game uh, sort of test? Uh, well, in uh, Blade Runner, mm -hmm. as you uh, alluded to, it's the Voight-Kampf test. Right. But uh, in reality, it's the Turing test. We wrote the Turing test. Yep. Uh, the Turing test, named after Alan Turing. And if you uh, haven't seen the Burlington Cumberpants movie, that is, in <laughs> fact, what it's about. Good. Uh, outlast, or excuse me, Outplay is next. Outplay. Which big four American sports team has the most titles in its respective league? Yeah, this one, um, I've kind of had it burned in my memory that the Yankees, I believe, have won 27, uh, which is a pretty high number. And I don't think anyone's beat that yet so we said the new york yankees damn yankees yeah when i when i first heard the question my mind went to celtics and lakers and then i remembered baseball existed and we said the new york yankees sometimes it's hard to remember that baseball <laughs> exists yeah it is good that you remembered baseball exists it is the yankees uh you guys want to try to guess who's the leader of each of the other leagues canadians Can canadians for hockey and then uh, lakers for basketball or lakers celtics, and celtics are tied at 17. Yep. And then, and then the, football the is Patriots, one. isn't it? Well, I think no they also. Bears. Well, nope. no, they they include championships. So the, the Bears won. It's, I think it's the Packers because they include championships before oh, Super NFL Bowl championships. Yeah, it is in fact. But yep, uh, that's right. Canadians, Packers, Lakers, Celtics, but the Yankees with the most. Mm. Very good. Okay, what is the name of that short story where the guy hunts the people? So this is what we do. When one of us loses, mm -hmm. um, you know, the other one game. has to start running. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. Whoever gets the, the, the least valuable player starts running. <laughs> um, the most dangerous game. Now, I didn't know this as a short story. And I was just like, oh, this sounds like the most dangerous game. And we decided to lock that in. And it turns out that is a title of a book, I assume. Yep, it is a phrase that people say, and it is from the short story. It is the most dangerous game. I think my favorite interpolation of that is the rickety cricket, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Did we read that in our English class freshman year? Most dangerous game? I don't believe so. I know I've read it in a class, but anyways. And Julia, on your show, which is always brilliant, um, what's the name of the short story? I think I believe it's The Lottery, but the Shirley Jackson one that's amazing. That so is The Lottery. The Lottery. Yes. That's a really yes. good short story if you want a good short story. It's wild. I didn't even like short stories, and then I read that, and I was like, oh, this is why people like short stories. Yeah. Good. And then CBS. Who is that uh, newly appointed woman host uh, of Late Night on CBS? Yeah, we went with a really funny comedian, Taylor Tomlinson. Yes, we also wrote Taylor Tomlinson. Very good. And then last final question for Wednesday. Uh, what's that instrument that Jenna Ortega took lessons on? Uh, that would be the cello. We also said cello. I didn't say cello. I said celli. Matt <laughs> does answer the phone that way. Cello. <laughs> Every time you call him. There's always room for cello. That is right. It is cello. So uh, the team that could not be caught, Julian, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, I think they passed. Did they pass three hundred? Well, depends on how you define passed. Because I would say <laughs> you guys passed three hundred. You have three hundred, doubled your score from one hundred and fifty points to three hundred points. 
But as Candice is triviality. Already, uh, already <laughs> kind of let the beans spill here. The dead presidents uh, were today's cream of the crop with 340 points. Wow. wow. Congratulations. Cream of the crop. <laughs> we're getting kicked down a well. That's a lot of points. <laughs> well, we got 300, so you know what that means. Shirts off, boys. Shirts, <laughs> <laughs> Shirts off in slow motion. Uh, yeah, that was a really good, really good game, Matt. Thanks for those questions. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Um, and uh, Julia, what a great way to start the the, uh, the triviality tenure here by kicking our ass. Absolutely, I am. I'm a, again. I've been a fan of the show for a long time. I'm happy to to be here to join you boys and uh, my new my new teammate Matt over here. We're we're just gonna mm-hmm. keep. We're going to keep on keeping on. You're Perfect statistically the for, uh, winningest team right now. <laughs> yes. You're the winning, winningest team of triviality hosts. <laughs> yep. You're going to you're gonna have to be partnered together until you lose, and then you can leave Matt in the dust and partner with one of us then. Seems fair. Yeah. Um, Matt, uh, great questions. Uh, Hacksaw, Matt Dugan, um, what would you like to shout out to people? And thanks for joining us today. Yep, nothing in particular. Just uh, hi to my wife, Linda, my two kids, Jackson, Sebastian. Um. Yeah, that's all. Just want to say thanks for having me on. Of course. Blast. Yeah, you're always you're always welcome. Uh, you're you're so close. You're always welcome by, and maybe we'll go get some ice cream at uh, Brown Cow one, day, right. one of these days because we're we're near each other. Um. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And then Julia, we don't really want to have to say you have to give any shout outs because you're going to be here a lot more often. Yeah. But if you'd like to shout out anyone, go ahead. Um. No. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll right, so we're going to see you soon. Last time. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Uh, one one other shout-out to give, though, always goes out to Airwave Media, our network. You can find them at airwavemedia.com. Uh, and check out other great shows, such as The Team House, History Tea Time, and a show that I honestly don't know what goes on there, Attaboy Clarence. Attaboy Clarence. But I do want to check it out based on the name. Yeah, we should. Maybe it's just a guy who's struggling with podcasts, and you got to see if he can finish an episode. <laughs> I, don't I think know it's what about it a talking dog. I think everybody everybody should go check out Attaboy Clarence. Yeah, we will too. Uh, well, well, thank you so much, uh, Matt. Uh, we're so excited to have Julia joining us uh, moving forward, and we hope you are too. And uh, thank you to our other Matt, uh, who is uh, putting uh, stickers on DVD cases, Ken. Is that right? But under the, the shrink wrap. Yeah, under, under the, the shrink, shrink wrap, like, the extra layer of security. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you, that Matt. Nobody for, likes. Yeah, thank nobody you for doing asked that. For. Yeah, no, nobody asked for that. Uh, but thank you. So thank you to Matt, Matt, Julia, Jeff, and Ken. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. <laughs>